Hello, welcome to another episode of One for the Table. I am your host, Kimchi, who is now all recovered and thriving, moisturized, and hydrated. But you have such a sultry voice, right? You have like sexy flu voice. Oh, yeah. Still. Yeah. Really? Yeah. A little bit. It's very like, it's very soft in bedroom. Like it's high. I'm Kimchi. Hey. Hi. Should I try to like seduce my listeners? Yeah. Hello, everyone. Hi. Welcome to our. Really cute little podcast. <laughs> We've been expecting you here all week. <laughs> Just me and my friend John, uh, who is usually shirtless <laughs> for all of his content. And I'm usually at home naked with just me and my thoughts. <laughs> and we've got another episode brewing for you. God, my friends listening to this podcast are going to be so uncomfortable. <laughs> it is only our friends that listen to this podcast. <laughs> well, there's a lot more people that listen to this. It's why, true. Why, it's why do you always have to like make it sound like this is like some dumb project? <laughs> we have a lot of loyal listeners. <laughs> we sure do. We do. Um, and I'm John Kong. <laughs> yeah, that piece of shit over there is John Kong. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been shirtless in my content in a very long time. Actually, well, now that Detroit I is about, too cold, right? It is freezing out here right now, so that would never. It's like never happened. We're we're hardly naked anymore, uh, unless we're we're showering. That's Why are you sucks. looking so smug? Like you're you're drinking out of this giant Stanley cup, probably an iced beverage. I'm like mm-hmm. clinging on to this cup of tea to like survive. It's just my water is like so crisp and so cold. Yeah, to go with this beautiful is... warm water we have here in LA. <laughs> you know what? Surviving is sexy. <laughs> Surviving uh, is sexy until you're like three months in and you're like, oh, seasonal affective disorder is like a thing. See, I don't really get that because I have like all my lights are on timers. Mm-hmm. So my lights just come on in my house at the same time every day. They all come on at like 5.30. You've mastered the art of living like a hermit. Pretty much. I even like brought like outside inside and to the point where it's like we, we hardly have to leave anymore. Mm-hmm. But especially right now. So today I've been like setting up my Chinese New Year candy box. And you told me earlier about the Williams and Sonoma ones. They are so pretty. Yeah. Oh. My gosh. And they have so many different kinds. I mean, you can tell which one I would probably like, right? The green floral one. The green floral one with yeah, like the, the little green... gold trim. Yes, with the little birds and the flowers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, Flora and fauna. So, so pretty. And then they have one for Year of the Dragon too, which is like all in, you know, Chinese red and stuff. But I have one that I really, really like. It was not originally meant for it, but mm-hmm. there were like the exact same design as a Chinese New Year candy box tray and these ones that we're talking about right now, but they were all like handmade in Mexico. So they're all like hand painted and stuff like that. And they were a gift from a friend. So I'm using that one and I love that one so much. Not to be a capitalistic bitch, but I love Lunar New Year just to see what all the retailers like put out in terms of like yeah. Chinese New Year like related like merchandise. You can really tell which companies know that they have like a very large audience Mm -hmm. and like because it comes it does come down to like even cultural differences right Mm -hmm. because like do you guys do candy boxes in korea no no i think that's i think that's why i say like when i say i i switch between calling it lunar new year and chinese new year because like the 
stuff that I celebrate during this time is like, mm-hmm. I feel specifically Chinese, like the candy boxes and the type of food that we eat. So I say Chinese New Year to that, but like, I would wish you like a happy Lunar New Year. But yeah, like even down, so like this thing from Williams and Sonoma, you can tell it's like, oh, they know they've got like a big Chinese fan base that they are specifically targeting like this tiny segment of culture that they have down packed that is on sale for $159.95. The seasonal one, the dragon version is $200. So it's like they, they know. And that's, and like, and that's a thing too. Like if you market to Chinese people Mm -hmm. for like their Chinese new year, they have to buy like the ones that really care about it have to buy new stuff every year because it's a different animal. You can't yeah. just do a dragon one next to you. You can't. You eat, well, I think like unless you were dragon like one, born in the year of the dragon. Yes, and like oh, that that might work, but that's why like the Chinese New Year decorations that I buy for this house are all like they have no animals on them. They're just like luck, <laughs> so we can reuse them. I've always had like an affinity for rabbits because I was born year of the rabbit. Mm-hmm. So I collect like a lot of rabbit stuff. I'm a rat. Um, rest of it's like not as fun because yeah it's it's like it's not as glamorous as like a bunny or a dragon or like even literally any and literally anything else literally anything else even like Mm -hmm. the rooster has got feathers the pig you know you have this like excess and their pigs are cute Mm -hmm. but like rats can be cute but they're not like they're overly still rats. Cute. Like, who wants, like, yeah, rat merchandise? Exactly. Like, exactly. It's rat merch. And also, wouldn't, like, COVID come out on the year of the rat? <laughs> <laughs> Just double whammy. Yeah. I saw, um, Staub. 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 Um, Staub. They released, like, for Chinese New Year, these, like, bright red Dutch ovens that had, like, a dragon the dragons on, on it. Oh. So, so cute. good. Which I think it's just on their regular red cuts, but they just put in, they made a new lid, but mm-hmm. it's still like very, very pretty. I was at Williams of Simonoma yesterday just looking at the new things because I really like your idea. Cause like I haven't really started, I have a collection of Dutch ovens starting, mm-hmm. but I was at the point where I was just like, okay, if I'm going to collect cookware like this, do I want to commit on a color? And you gave me the idea was like, well, if you just buy one of a different color, like for all their different pieces, then you can have all the colors. And I was like, I think I like that one. I, I like that idea better. Because mm-hmm. then you just kind of like like a small little piece. Like I can just do like a tiny, tiny pot or like a mug or something like that. And it would all, I don't have to stick to one color. And then but it will somehow all go together collectively. Yeah. You committed to the sea salt, right? I collect the Le Creuset sea salt, but then... um. I started buying pieces in the shell pink because I think Ooh, like those would go so well together. They do, which like you know oh, my kitchen is like all like yeah. teal and pink. Yes, so, shell pink nice. actually looks nicely with the um the teal colors of like sea salt Le Creuset pieces. Mm-hmm. Look at you. Yeah, listen to us. We saw- and then um for Valentine's <laughs> Day they released like way more um shell pink like stuff so i bought mm-hmm. a few just to like add to my collection so now i have like a little like heart cocotte which is like a small flat thing which i think will be That's... perfect for like warm dip yeah yeah like imagine making like spinach and artichoke dip and like that like shallow like cocotte and then like bring it out 
I will say that that is one thing that Le Creuset has over Staub, whereas like Staub pieces are a lot more functional and they are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Le Creuset has like all those color, all the good colors. Like they have mm-hmm. so many. Staub comes up with like special edition colors like every year. Um, but again, like the last year they had turmeric, which was beautiful. But at the same time, I was like, you don't want to buy any, you don't want to commit to that one because if it's a limited edition, then that means you can't replace anything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm getting on my, I'm getting on my collector's phase of all of this. You know, you've hit that age when <laughs> like you get joy from like buying all the flatware, Dutch ovens and flatware. <laughs> yeah. Although, like, I'm look, I'm checking out some of these uh, Lunar New Year plates and like platters and stuff like that. Some of these mm-hmm. are beautiful. Holy crap! Mm-hmm. And because like they're they're like you know you you see like you know phoenix and dragon motifs, but like these aren't hokey at all. They're very traditional looking, but you can tell mm-hmm. like they've got they're just a little just a little bit different. And see, like that's the issue I have whenever I walk into a store like William Sonoma or Thurla Table. So I have like more than enough like dish set to last a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like I have enough plates and a bowls and everything. Like I do not need anything. But, but then the going to the stores pieces. and seeing like these beautiful sets yeah. that are like well designed, has incredible color, has incredible design, makes me want to like get an entire new set. Like I don't just want like one or two plates because like that also looks janky. I want the entire set. I want the dinner place. I want like the matching salad bowls. I want the matching soup bowls. I want, you know, even like the um the table linen that goes with the dish set, mm-hmm. which comes out to like a few hundred dollars. And then I'm like, but I already have more bowls than bowls that I need. So then I don't end up buying it. Yeah. And then I'm like, but there's a whole new world of possibilities <laughs> that I'm not opening myself to. And then I get sad. I'm looking at this new Lunar New Year plate set. And like, it's interesting because they have like Chinese ones. They have like a Chinese dragon. I think like this Phoenix depiction is Southeast Asian. And and then they have like a Japanese plate too. So like, even then it's kind of like mixed in the different cultures, but still I kind of dig that like a whole mm. lot. I mean, we live in America where it's like a we melting do. pot of, you know, diversity yeah. culture. What do Koreans call their New Year? Sehe. Sehe. Yeah. And I think Thai people call it Tet. Or Vietnamese. Oh, shoot. Tet. Who, uh, who says happy Tet? Let me check really quick. Vietnamese. Vietnamese people celebrate Tet. And it's still, it's still like, it falls within like a New Year, Lunar New Year celebration time period. But like, I like making a point to like know what. Other people call it Chinese people call it Spring Festival, but I think because I was raised in Hong Kong, we're just used to calling it Chinese New Year as CNY. Mm. CNY is just so much easier to spell too, or text people when you're just saying like wishing them happy CNY. So, exactly what is this candy dish that you speak of for Chinese New Year, cousin? Oh, okay. Um, so it's there's different there, so there's different terms for it. I think it's called like a community tray or a gathering tray. So in every Chinese household um, for the new year, we always have like a set tray because Chinese, because, because the new year is all about gathering and family. So people like visit each other 
during this time a lot. So you visit your family, friends, you visit your aunties, you visit your uncles, like over the, the three days, I think of that is, that is Chinese New Year, you come and visit people. So when people visit, they have this tray out and in the tray is a lot of things, mostly like traditionally, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of seeds. There's a lot of flavored melon seeds. So there are like melon seeds that are flavored with juice to make them red. So it's lucky colors. Some of them are flavored with like coffee, but they're like different kinds of watermelon seeds. And they're not just regular seeds. These are melons that were like bred for the seeds. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be like an accumulation thing. Like the seeds are easy to gather and eat and, um, eat together. But over time, like that also includes stuff like candied lotus root, candied winter melon, candied lotus root seeds, coconut. And these are pretty much like early candies, like sugar coated uh, vegetables and fruits. Um, But modern times, like people like to put different kinds of candies on there. So each one has a different representation, whereas like the seeds represent accumulation of wealth Lotus seeds, I think, represent fertility. Lotus root represents family and interconnectedness. And then coconut, I think, is like friendship. It's all based on puns, mm-hmm. on like what the Chinese names for coconut and lotus and like what it all sounds like. And I don't okay. know those words. So I only know kind of like what they represent. But like, for example, I went to my mom's, I think, a few years quite a few years ago for CNY. And like she had like different flavored Kit Kats. Um, because like, you know, you can, you can say like the flavors of the Kit Kat, this is coconut flavored Kit Kat. So we we have coconut flavored Kit Kats, or you can say like, oh, the Kit Kats are like connected. Um, mm-hmm. so that could represent connectiveness too. And then you have like different candies that are in wrap. Ferrero Rocher actually is a very popular one to have in like modern, modern candy trays because like they're just literal, literal gold nuggets. And mm-hmm. that can also represent wealth. So yeah. Also, so like Ferrero Rocher is like. If you're Asian, you grew yes. up thinking Ferrero Rocher were like the most top tier candy. Yes. Ferrero Rocher and whatever, like Viennetta ice cream. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see that? Like, oh, like yes. it was like a, yeah, it was like an ice cream cake. Oh, that's a, and you when like someone like gives your family like an entire box of Ferrero Rocher, they're like, oh, like yeah. this is nice. <laughs> yes. This place, this is a nice house. Um, mm-hmm. I actually saw the Viennetta ice creams. They're still for sale in Mexico. I saw okay. the Puerto Vallarta. Wait, like, are they like not like a common thing anymore? I don't think they're available in the States anymore. Really? But they still have in Mexico. Yeah. Okay. At least, at least in PV. You know, like, have you ever like gone to like Walmart recently? No. Obviously, like, I don't really like shop at Walmart. Um, I mean, it's not even that. It's just like, there's none that's in, I don't think there's a Walmart in Detroit. So mm-hmm. I'm not leaving the city to go to one. But when you actually like go to Walmart and like walk around, which I like I did because I was like stranded in some small town with like nothing else to do, but like there was like a Walmart next to the hotel. Mm-hmm. I walked into Walmart and I like was like walking into the food corner and they have a lot of like really, really random snacks and like things that I've like never heard of seen before. Really? They probably have a lot of exclusive stuff. I think so. It's, like, all, like, variations of, like, the classic, like, cereals and, like, snacks, but, like, very different at the same time. Yeah. Because it's, like, I hear, like, Target has their own brands of stuff like that, too, but also I haven't been to into a Target in such a long time. Same. Either. Yeah. They were going to open a Target in Detroit, but, like, they, I think they backed out. No, I don't Wait, think so it was Target's fault. Target, Detroit doesn't even have a Target? 
Tar- Detroit doesn't have a Target. Detroit Trader doesn't Joe's, have Target. Target, no Walmart. We have Whole Foods and we have like a Meyer, a city Meyer. That's why like people in Detroit like is such an Amazon heavy city because like the the stores won't really open down here. Mm-hmm. And so, which is funny because we do have a Gucci. Mm. Meyer, <laughs> higher standards, lower prices. <laughs> if you're from Michigan, they're not even you know. open 24 hours anymore. Mm. They haven't been open 24 hours and since like the pandemic, which is really like, weird. It's like, what are college students in Michigan doing at like th- three in the morning? There's oh my God. Meyer was like the place to go. Like when you're born, like back in college. Yeah. So after party, we like go to like, we like raid the party house and take all the bottles and cans and then return them. Because in Michigan, when you return like bottles and cans, you get 10 cents each. Yes. So usually like after party, you can get like three, four garbage bags full of like cans and bottles. Yeah. And then when you return them, you get like a good like $20, $30. And for college yeah. students, like that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. That's and then like food. we buy grocery from like the Myers. <laughs> and one time, um, I don't know if we were so stupid and like we decided to buy hamsters with the grocery money. What? And they had like hamsters for sale for like five dollars or something. So we bought oh, no. two hamsters, a hamster cage, and hamster food. And what happened to the hamster? They multiplied like crazy. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> but then they ate all the babies. <gasps> what? And then I guess that's like a thing because um after like the first time like hamster gives birth like mm-hmm. it like um refills the nutrition by eating all the babies. What? And then they got pregnant again, and then it gave birth again, and then they all ate each other. What did you do? Why do you have these traumatic hamsters? I didn't know this thing. Apparently, like, hamsters aren't group creatures. Huh. And obviously, like, I didn't know better because I was, like, 18 and, like, young and, you know, like... Yeah. I just assumed, like, hamsters, you keep them in a little cage as, like, little, like, group animals and you just, like, feed them. Then one time I opened the cage and I saw a hamster half gone and the other hamster pulling its intestines out and eating the hamster. Oh, God. That is so gross. And they had plenty of food. Like, they had no reason to be eating each other like that. Oh. And after and after that, I gave the hamsters away to, like, one of my friends. And I could, like, never have hamsters again. Because I was, like, traumatized from, like, seeing that. I would have been, too. Damn. Oh, my God. How did we get here from Lunar New Year flatware? <laughs> Oh. Well, anyways, back, back to Myers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the hamsters are traumatic. Uh, happy Chinese New Year. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, what are some uh, Korean ones for, for? How do you say it? Um, say, say, yeah. Um, I think we talked about it in a previous episode, but um, oh, we might we, have actually. You said there was stuff the that you eat, rice cake, and then you know, yeah, like yeah. you bow to your adults, and they give you money, and then your parents take that money away because they're fucking assholes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the dad tax, and you know they're always like, "I will give it to you later." You know, like how much money goes into like raising you, but I'm like, but yes, but to a kid, these like three four dollars mean the world, and I could buy so much. Yeah. 
Oh to them, God, yeah. the three, four dollars mean nothing. So why are you like taking this like tiny amount of money away and take away what little bit of like pleasure and joy I would get from it? I guess I was lucky enough that like my parents never did that. Mm. They did keep the red packets for like safekeeping. Do you guys hand them out in red packets too? No. Is it just cash? They just like give you cash straight up. Oh, see, I think the cash thing is fine, but I think putting it in the red packet kind of like makes it like official. Like you can't, you can't mistake. It it nicer, like a nicer experience. It's not even, it's not even that it makes it nicer. It's like if it's in, if it's in that red envelope, then there's like no mistake mm. that this was supposed to be a gift for someone. It, I think, mm. I think if like, if my kid or something just got some cash and I like, I'll keep it for safe, like, and I put it in my wallet or something just for safekeeping, quote unquote, it's easy to forget like, oh, I guess this is just money that I have. But if it's like, if you hold the red packet for someone, it's like, oh, this is like a gift for somebody. And since mm. you're a parent and you have kids, you don't, oh, do you have rules on who gets money? I think Chinese people, like if they're married, they don't get money. They only give it. Oh, I think they might also get money from their direct parents. But like when you're young and single, Mm -hmm. if you're young and single, then like, then you're like making bank because like everybody gives you money. But generally, like if you're old enough to get married, like you don't bow. Oh, so it's whoever you bow to. See, like if you have, but if I were to say, if I was like a boss of the, of a company or something like Mm -hmm. that, I would also give my, all of my employees red packets. Oh, in Korea, instead of giving red packets, they give you like, like at work in those kind of situations, they give each other like gifts that's from grocery stores. And you get like a box and inside there will be like three bottles of like cooking oil or there's another like gift set that's popular. It's literally like 12 cans of spam or like, that's awesome. Or like 12 cans of like canned tuna. Because everybody will like have those pantries and they'll like eat this throughout the year, you know? So those are considered like great gifts. And food's expensive. I mean, like I totally yeah. get it. I just, I saw a TikTok of, um, his name's Johnny. He does a lot of fermentation stuff and he's in mm-hmm. Korea right now. And he said Brussels sprouts are super expensive in Korea. Like a dollar a Brussels sprout. Because Brussels sprouts aren't um, traditionally like eaten in or Korea. Local. So yeah. So I'm just like, but I'm also thinking, I was like, there is no recipe and no manner of preparation that would make it worth it to pay $1 per Brussels sprout. Because they probably like special grow it or import them. Yeah. Like literally just buy a cabbage. Cause like, what are you doing with Brussels sprouts that are made that are worth like paying like five for $5? Oh, you know, everybody loves to make those crispy Brussels sprout recipes tossed with. Oh my God. Bacon and balsamic glaze. You know what? If if I was paying like, if I had to shell twenty bucks for like a plate of Brussels sprouts, I would make sure that they were crispy and delicious. <laughs> like mm-hmm. maybe maybe I really just don't care about Brussels sprouts because I literally buy them fifty on a stock. I mean, but cabbage is just as delicious. I'm like, I agree. I like totally whole cabbage cut into like quarters and then like braised or like charred, grilled. So mm-hmm. good. So good. And so, so healthy good. for you. I don't know what has been going on with my content recently, but like I get so many because like I talk about making vegan food and vegetarian food all the time because mm-hmm. I like cooking vegetables and stuff. 
But like every, oh, every day I get comments from people. I was like, ew, vegan, ew, vegetarian. I was like, it doesn't mean, just because the food is, doesn't mean I am. Just eat a vegetable side. There's just like a normal side. That's vegetarian. Yeah. You know, like. It's literally just a vegetable. And like people are just so like connected to these titles and labels where it's like they just are, they reject it. I was like, I like cooking vegan food because Mm -hmm. vegans are really good at preparing vegetables. They just happen to be. So if I would, I would do a vegan recipe for a side any day of the week. Anybody that comments that, I can exactly picture what their regular diet is like. And oh my God. It, they, there's yeah. several people that would eat chicken fingers at a restaurant. Yes. Because that's such like an uneducated thing to say, you know, like, ew, vegan food. Mashed potatoes, vegetarian. Yeah. Unless there's like bacon bits on it, you know, like a side of like broccoli is vegan. That would actually like be such a good idea to kind of like show how stupid people's aversions to the title. I was like, if I I'm I could literally just say like call random side dishes vegan and vegetarian, like mashed potatoes or mac and cheese or something like that. Like check out this delicious vegetarian dish. It's called macaroni. It's called baked macaroni mm-hmm. and cheese. And just to show like just like it doesn't change who you are just because you're eating this thing because you eat it all the time. So mm-hmm. what what difference does it make? I like putting the label on it because it signals to people who do have that restriction that they can eat that food. But like these, I'm, I'm just going to call them kids because whether or not, regardless of how old they are, it's just like childish behavior. It's like these fucking kids just, oh, they get on my nerves so much. <laughs> I mean... I'm in the wrong line. You know, not to be that person, but internet is full of stupid people. Like they that are is a fact. so, they are that so is a fact. full of stupid people. You know, I had said the other day that like whoever said that there's no such thing as a stupid question, mm-hmm. like never obviously bore witness to the internet, and they should actually retool the phrase to say like there are very few stupid questions that someone is brave enough to ask you to your face. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of stupid shit that people are willing to ask and say on the internet when they're behind just like a blank profile picture. I mean, like internet is great where like sometimes like, you know, you look at the comments and you're like, oh, that is brilliant. Like, how did they even like think about that? And you're like laughing. But then also like the other half is like, oh my God, like who let you on here? (laughs) I know. Who let you out? Uh, Oh, we should take a break. Okay. We'll be right back. Top top. We are back. Have you done anything fun this past week? Have you left your house at all? Yes and no. I went to the mall yesterday and such boring stuff. And I I shopped because I've got a filming day. But I've been just making videos, making like TikToks and, and making shorts content. and reels. Making content literally making content every day. And even though I've been like working and, and, and putting up videos every day, it still feels like a vacation compared to like when I had this book over my head. <laughs> Just like, you know, five or six hours of like videos and stuff like that and taping and cooking and stuff every day. And then maybe like a few hours in the morning editing. And that just feels mm-hmm. like a, a vacation compared to like when I would have to do all of this and write a book. So mm-hmm. I've been happily making videos and putting out content and stuff like that. And I'm totally fine with it. What about you? Uh, this past week, I went to Vancouver 
Uh, one of my friend Timothy, oh. it was his birthday, so we were celebrating his birthday. So um, my friend and I, we flew into Seattle first. Mm-hmm. And then um, our friends from Vancouver like drove into Seattle. And then we had like a food day in Seattle and then drove back up to Vancouver and spent like the next couple days there. Fun. And how was the food? I mean, if anyone's never been to Vancouver, Vancouver has an amazing food scene. It is so wow. good. We went to like a really good Filipino restaurant. Um, and it's like one of those like elevated Filipino food, but like not in a pretentious way. Mm-hmm. Yes, all the food there were phenomenal. I don't remember the name of the restaurant. <laughs> Um, that place was really good. We also went to some Italian restaurant. It was good. Oh, Italian. You're not usually the biggest fan. It's not that you don't like it, but it's just never your first choice. Yeah, I mean, I like Italian food, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the reason why it's not first choice is because it's not that I don't like it. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like similar everywhere. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. to me, good pasta is great, but good pasta is pasta you're right i don't ever really see a lot of experimental italian mm-hmm. it's always just like italian italian which is like i, mean, I can get good, good italian food here in la i can get good italian food in chicago you know like right most italian food you know they're always like if they're good you know they're like definitely above average and consistent yeah. but yeah the menu's kind of like same anywhere you go it's it's more to do with like if it's different there's a difference in quality mm-hmm it's kind of like Thai food in a way. I can see that, yeah. Or Thai restaurants, where like Thai restaurants, they're very, it's not like they're all the same, but there's a standard that a lot of them will adhere to. Mm-hmm. So no matter when what city you go to, if you go to like an Italian or a Thai restaurant and it looks good, like it's probably going to be good, but it's like not going to be completely and wildly different than you expect. Yes. Unless you go to like an American Italian or something like that, but mm-hmm. otherwise... But I would say the um, Thai food I've had in LA, it's actually like way better than like Thai food I've had anywhere else in the country. Really? I mean, there's like a whole Thai town here and there's like a lot of like Thai restaurants here. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of them, you know, like differentiate themselves. You know, like we're Northern Thai, we're Southern Thai. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like the flavors and like the type of dishes they serve at these like two types of restaurants are completely different. Yeah. Well, I guess you have Northern, Southern Italian as well. You just never see, I just don't really see mm-hmm. those distinctions when you're like, like an average Thai restaurant in your like hometown city. is gonna be like Pad Thai, Pad Siu, Pakimao. A lot of Thai restaurants are actually like sponsored by the Thai government. Mm-hmm. That's why it's like pretty reliable. Like if you go to a Thai restaurant that has that like accreditation, mm-hmm. I think they call it like food diplomacy. Mm-hmm. And so like these people are like taught standardized dishes and is to make, do it in a specific way because it's how actually one of the ways that they like get tourists. It's like, oh, they make people like their food so that they're they're more likely to come and visit their country. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Pretty brilliant, actually. Yeah. There's a Thai restaurant that just opened up here in LA that I want to check out. So KFC in Thailand makes um, like fried chicken lob. Oh. And if you've never uh-huh. had lob, it's a dish made with like toasted rice powder, like choice of meat, cilantro, lime juice, fish sauce. It's like a basically meat salad, but it's like yeah, sweet, sour, Spicy. pungent, like all that yeah. good stuff. So they make the lob with fried chicken here. 
And apparently it's supposed to be really good. Oh, I would totally crush some fried chicken lap. That sounds amazing. So when you come visit, I think we should definitely go. Yes. Get out. Yes. And um, report back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what the place is called? Tanging Chicken and Rice. Yeah, the most interesting chicken place that's opened up recently here is just the Jollibee finally opened. Mm. Apparently, Jollibee opened up their 100th location in North America. Really? So I guess they're doing, I don't know if it's Aldi um, Jollibee or if it's some of them, but like the first like 100 customers get like free chicken or something like that. Oh, I don't think people around here understand how good Jollibee is. Because mm-hmm. like they, I saw like on their grand opening day, there was like a lot of Filipinos there, but like not very many other people were there. And I was like, oh, people have have no idea in Michigan how good the fried chicken is at Jollibee, and the fact that they're like they still deep fry their pies. Mm-hmm. Unlike McDonald's, which is baked, but it's like such garbage. Not like just baked, but it's dry baked. Yeah, it's dusty. Yeah, McDonald's pies are dusty. Yeah, and like. What made you? What made them think that you know? Okay, we're just gonna make it negligibly healthier. It doesn't make sense to me because, like, the deep fried pies are so good. They're so so very good. They're that crunchy, airy, chewy apple pie goodness that that used to have. And then when they started baking them, it's just like who even wants that anymore? I fully blame the well being movement. And the thing is, like, of course McDonald's is not healthy. Of course not. You know, but like, I don't think you're supposed to eat McDonald's every day. To be healthy. It's like when McDonald's just started like serving salads, like nobody Mm -hmm. was eating that shit. But like, I don't know. People thought like you had to be healthy everywhere. It's like, no, just moderate. I'm someone like, you know, I don't really eat like fast food pies. Mm -hmm. But if I do eat it, it I want it to be good, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't want to settle on like a mediocre pie. That is like such a waste of space in your stomach. Mm-hmm. That's a wa- like I would rather have something that I would enjoy. Like it's, I would probably order a pie every single time if I was like drunk at the drive-through ordering mm-hmm. my twenty-piece nugget. And if they asked if I wanted to throw a deep-fried apple pie in there, I'd be like, hell yeah, I do. But like, even if I was at my drunkest, mm-hmm. just like being wheeled in through the drive-through. In the McDonald's from my for my very very poor Uber driver probably. <laughs> and they asked like, "Would you like a baked McDonald's pie?" I'd be like, "No." And I was like, no. "No, you can kiss my ass." Exactly, kiss my ass. I already I already feel like I'm gonna throw up. I don't I don't need any more encouragement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my motto is don't swallow unless it's healthy or unless it's super delicious. <laughs> There's like no worse feeling in the world than being full on mediocre food. That wasn't that healthy. Being full on disappointing food is is very sad. And again, like, I don't mind being full of something if it was, like, healthy for me. Mm-hmm. You know? You're like, we all make sacrifices, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm more than willing to do that. But if it didn't taste good and if it wasn't healthy, mm-hmm. like, what, am, what, what are we doing here? Like, why does this dish need to exist? I've been eating a lot of salads. I mean, I love salads. Like, I think salads are great. It's been hard up until recently. There is this uh, place that is just down the street from me. It's like a vertical indoor garden. Mm -hmm. And they've started, like, delivering salads. And I, like, I subscribe to them. I get, like, five salads a week from them. 
they're also like two, literally two blocks down from my house. So it's like super local. The salads are super fresh because they're actually grown. But otherwise, I don't eat a lot of greens in the wintertime here because it's like just shipped salads mm-hmm. are, are so sad. I don't know if this is like such like a fat thing to say, mm. but I love eating salads because um, it's so much fun. And let me explain why. Mm. First of all, like a big salad, obviously it's like way like lower in calories than like a um, big, you know, like bowl of like Anything. pasta or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it takes like a long time to eat. Mm-hmm. And it's fun to like look into the salad bowl and like eating like different textures. And with like the next forkful, it's like, oh, what kind of texture do I want in my mouth? Mm-hmm. And if you're eating it with like, dried cherries or like nuts mm-hmm. and stuff like that it's just some like a different crumble, thing some like yeah meat. i totally know you can what always you mean. pick like what your next bite is going to be like and it takes like a long time to eat it but like i enjoy that especially like if i have time mm-hmm. like literally salads could be anything and i don't know as someone like who loves veggies like mm-hmm. i can just like entertain myself for like an hour just eating like a good big salad Whenever I make salads for myself, I actually like using kimchi instead of salad dressing. Because mm, it gives all the moisture it needs. and It gets all the moisture that it needs. I just like mm. literally put it in a bowl, take some tongs, throw some kimchi in there and just like toss it. And then you add like whatever cheese and nuts and fruit and stuff that you add. Because mm. it's like tangy. It's like it's pretty much got like that vinaigrette hit that you want. Maybe I use sesame oil instead, but... Yeah, I, I really enjoy using kimchi as a salad dressing. When my parents like um, raised us an old country buffet, my favorite part about going to old country buffet was actually their salad bar. Mm. Because it had all these like fresh veggies that like we normally, like as a Korean household, like don't keep in our own home. Mm-hmm. So like I would always like load my salad with like a ton of fresh like romaine, um, beets, peas, and just like a lot of other ingredients. And at these like salad buffets, the ranch dressing is always so good for some reason. Oh yeah. <laughs> like grocery store like ranch dressing never tastes that good. But mm-hmm. ranch dressing at salad bars, somehow like I think it's because they all start with like a ranch powder and then they mix in the buttermilk, the they mix in like fresh buttermilk as mm-hmm. they need it. So it's like extra creamy or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it's like extra. I used to be like uh yeah, I used to be a Thousand Island girl when I was a kid. I loved salads too, but I would like literally just drench it and it to the to the point where I just might as well just eat a burger. Mm-hmm. Like I, I see that now. All that oil and fat. Now I'm the complete opposite. Yeah. Well, not even that. Now that I'm the complete opposite, like instead of drenching my salads and salad dressing, I like dip my fork in the salad dressing and then I put it in the salad so that mm-hmm. I can have dressing on every bite, but like still taste the vegetable. Mm-hmm. That's how I like to eat it too. Because I don't mm. want my, like, vegetables to be swimming in dressing. Yeah. And also dressing makes, like, the veggies, like, a little too wilted. And I also don't like too much dressing. I just like mm-hmm. a little, like, kiss of a dressing. Like, the kiss little, a kiss of a kiss of kiss. that little, like, I'm here. Like, I want to be known. But, like, I'm not here to dominate you. I'm just here to give you, like, a little, <laughs> little just pet to let you know that I was here. So you could, like, enjoy this moment. Remember when you went to that benefit dinner and I made that salad? Mm-hmm. So I had to, for that salad, so that was like a Negroni Spagliato salad dressing that I made mm-hmm. up. But for that dinner, I had to like cook out all the alcohol because they were all freaked out and stuff. And I finally made the salad dressing this past week 
without cooking out the alcohol and just it was literally like a cocktail salad dressing it was so good oh my god mm-hmm. not having to cook out the the booze and it's not like it's like you're not going to get drunk off of a salad it's like using like red wine or champagne yeah. vinegar and stuff like that but it's oh my god the negroni spot i can't wait to like show that video because that's i know it's not going to do well because nobody cares about salad unless do you follow a thing called the salad lab mm-hmm. oh my god that's beautiful content oh my oh, gosh. for sure the big giant bowl and oh yes yeah the drama the design it's mm-hmm. so nice you have to follow them if you don't follow them whoever's listening the salad lab even if you don't like salads it's just a very pretty page to follow videos like that inspires me to eat more salad it's true Actually, I think the Korean vegan said that too. Like, she's not a big mm-hmm. salad person, but then she followed the salad lab and I was like, I'm inspired. I was like, I, no, I love salad. I can't get <laughs> enough of salad. Okay, so I used to think croutons were so pointless. Now, I get why people like it because it has like a little crunch, mm-hmm. but croutons were always like awkward to me because they never like really blend in fully. And then it's just it's like, like a an interruption. Of, like, hard bread. Yeah. And then. Someone posted this hack, and I cannot believe I never thought to do it. What? It, like, changed my view on croutons. And it's so simple, and it's so stupid that I didn't even think about this. What? But their hack was basically, when you make, like, a Caesar salad or whatever, Mm -hmm. you take those jumbo croutons, you crush them, and you Mm -hmm. sprinkle it over the salad. Oh. Yeah, because then there's like breadcrumbs, and that yes. like, you let the breadcrumbs. Cr- yeah, that would and make you know, like, so I much mean, sense. I definitely had like thousands of breadcrumbs, but I just yeah. never thought um, crush the croutons, and then because like the croutons are already seasoned and stuff like that. That would be, and then you probably get like that little dusty crunch in mm-hmm. here. It would probably be super. I never thought to do that either. I always like avoid putting croutons in my salad in general, just because like I don't want bread in there, but. Mm-hmm. That just gives me the idea for using like that, like, you know, the, the, the rice powder that you use in lab might be good lob in a salad. salad. Mm-hmm. Lab, sa- lab is salad. But like having that in just a regular salad would be really good. Oh, if you're mm-hmm. making some like beef salad or something, that could be like yeah. really good. Oh, the beef salads are so good. Mm-hmm. My first bartending job in Hong Kong, um, I think I was like 16 at the time. And I was bartending there illegally. But they, the guy, it was a restaurant too. And one of the guys, one of the cooks there made this like beef. I think it was a lot. It was was like a beef salad. And it was so, so delicious because he would like cook it just like barely, barely rare. And it would be covered in that dust and it would be covered in that sweet like fish sauce, lime, sugar, Oh, and with like tons of cilantro. Like I was obsessed with that dish and I would trade Mm. strawberry daiquiris for that dish up to the kitchen all the time. What is the best salad you've ever had? Well, if that could be considered a salad, it would be that beef salad um, Mm. that I had. But like otherwise, it's probably something that I would never have expected to like as much of that could have been like something like a roasted beet salad mm-hmm. that was just used with like the multicolored beets for the first time. I always can like remember the first time I ever had a particular salad and like being blown away. So like the first time I ever had a caprese, 
that's mind altering. And like the first time I had like a really good roasted beet salad, which cr- like, like crushed pistachios and like the great and olive oil. goat cheese and some goat cheese. Yeah. Like the, but like after you've had it a couple of times, like, is it all that great? It was like, yeah, well it's whatever. So I guess like, no, <laughs> I can't really remember or think of a time where I have like the best salad I've ever had. Why? Mm. What's your best salad? Oh, there's so many, but a salad that I really, really enjoy um, a lot is at this restaurant called Rainier Barbecue in Seattle, Washington. Mm. And it's called Beef Ong Choy Salad. Beef Ong Choy. Yeah. So, oh, okay. Um, Ong Choy is like water spinach. Yeah, yeah. And it's shredded. So like when you look at it, it looks like a big pile of like green onion, but it's actually water spinach. Oh. So it's a big pile of water spinach topped with cold beef that's tossed in like this like peanutty dressing with a ton of different herbs. What? And then you eat it together with ang choy. And it's like a big mouthful of like cool, crisp crunch with like the peanutty Ooh. beef and like all these like different like herbaceous herbs coming together. That sounds so good. Oh, it is like so good. I have never had ong choy uncooked. Really? Yeah, I've only ever had it like stir fried with like fish sauce or soy sauce and garlic or like stir fried ong choy is like my mm-hmm. favorite vegetable side ever. Yeah, because that's, that's the only place I've ever had it like raw too and it was so good. I'm going to have to try that. That sounds delicious. It was so good to the point where like every time I go to Seattle, I have to go to this restaurant and I have to get this dish. Mm. What's it called again? Beef Ong Choy or the restaurant? Yeah, the restaurant. Rainier Barbecue. Rainier Barbecue. Okay. And the name is like because... so unsuspecting. And yeah, right. <clears throat> and it looks like a, just like a regular Vietnamese restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're known for their like catfish spring roll where like you Ooh. order and you get this like giant catfish that you like <sighs> pull the meat off and you make spring rolls with like all these like different like herbs they give you. And one time we were here and of course... Um, the white person that I grew up with was like, oh, I just want beef pho. And the server like, at him was like, people don't come here for pho. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Were you on a tour? I don't remember when it was, but I was visiting Seattle and I was with a bunch of like muscle gays. Okay. <laughs> but like um, a couple of my friends are like huge foodies, you know? Uh-huh. Um, so... Like, we were definitely going here for the catfish, and this guy is like, I want fall. And the server was like, no. <laughs> and I love that. I think I'm going to try to make Seattle another. I was in Seattle last year, but mm-hmm. I want to I want to go back. I want to go back there. I want to give a talk at, like, a book sh- bookstore there called, I think, Book Larder. Mm-hmm. And I want to, like, experience more of Seattle. It, it was Seattle's such great. a um, such a beautiful place. Such a beautiful place. And... So many things to do. So many great restaurants. Beautiful, beautiful running path. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you love it. Yeah. So have you gotten your raspberry coffee yet? Not yet. It's supposed to arrive soon. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it's sold out already. So um, have you had both, it? So both of us are Nespresso people. <laughs> and Nespresso yeah. just released, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Is it Pierre? Pierre, Pierre Hermé. Pierre, is it, or is it Pierre Hermé? <laughs> it's just Pierre Hermé. Pierre Hermé. 
um, like, um, collaborated like Nespresso Pod Flavors. And I guess like they released this before, but it was like so popular that it sold out. And then um, they brought it back because it like, even though they said they weren't bringing it back. Mm-hmm. And it sold out in like less than 12 hours. Yeah, you told me about it. And I was like, okay, well, you know what? A dollar for a cup of coffee, like that's still mm-hmm. like less than I would. So like I bought a couple sleeves. And and I also know Pierre Hermé, not personally, but he's they're very famous for macaron in, mm-hmm. in Paris. And they're like funky, cool flavors, like where La Durée is like the classic macaron quintessential place for it. But Pierre Hermé does like funky flavors. They have a mm-hmm. curry macaron that's really cool. So, yeah, I got it yesterday, and it's actually really nice. The flavor that's like super popular with everyone is their raspberry flavor. Mm-hmm. And when you brew it, it smells like raspberry jam. But when you drink it, it doesn't oh. taste like the artificial raspberry. It just has like hint of raspberry, and the coffee itself is very um, mellow, robust. Nice. Well, I'm fragrant. getting mine. But the Nespresso Crew media was going crazy. Like someone posted a screenshot of them ordering seventeen hundred dollars worth of these coffee. Oh my god! What is wrong with people? And then a bunch of people were like, people? mad in the comments were like, "I, you know, like that's so selfish. You know, like why do you need that much coffee? You know, they're gonna resell it for more money. Yeah, probably. Why wouldn't Nespresso like put a maximum? Why can't we just like chill about it? If you like something, you know, like why can't we just like enjoy something? Like why do we have to like buy like so much of it? And, there's such I don't know when people get obsessed over something. There's such a hoarder mentality, like the Stanley cups. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why people care so much about. Is that really a Stanley? <laughs> Kim. <laughs> <laughs> it is like I so I I just didn't understand I I don't know where it came from that people all of a sudden knew about these things. I don't know what the big deal is. I mean it's just uh, like all the water bottles too like before everyone was going crazy over hydro flask. And then yes. after that everyone was going crazy over yetis. Oh and then sometime before that everyone was going crazy over the Starbucks tumblers. Yeah, and then and like mm-hmm. Starbucks has their own fake knockoff Stanley Cup now. I think mm. no, no, they actually did a collaboration with Stanley. Oh, okay, it's that, and then like the Valentine's Day edition are the ones like that, like people were like lining up for. Isn't the whole point of getting these mugs and stuff like you only get one so that you don't like waste plastic? Yeah, that's the whole and idea. Paper. But the people are treating it like they're like instant cups. Uh, that's so. Uh, that's gross. That's kind of gross to me. And, you know, people are like, oh, this is my like, Yeti cup collection. And they'll show like every single color that they have. And I, the whole cup culture is like a little bizarre. I mean, I bought one because I don't have one. Yeah. And I just like having one like in my desk so I can like drink water out of it, you know? Yeah. But like, would I line up at Target to buy these like special like Valentine's Day edition cups? Like, hell no. I think the beauty of those cups is like you only need one. Mm-hmm. But I guess that there are like at the very least, I I'm guessing they're recyclable, so that once it comes time that people don't want them anymore, it's like maybe they can just recycle them. I have a feeling in a few years, I'm sure we'll see like Goodwill like covered in. These oh cups. my god, so many! There's gonna mm-hmm. be all over the. They're gonna be all over the place, and whoever whoever comes out with a new cup, people will 
flock to that because like you have to use these things like for the for it to actually make a difference for the environment or stuff you have to use reusable cups like anywhere from like a few thousand times for you to make up with the waste that you would have been for single use plastics and paper so with that being said i'm gonna get you with Stanley. <laughs> i already have i have a very nice um Oh, it's actually not even a cup. It's like a, a tube. It's like a it's like Yeti tumbler that YouTube gave me. Mm-hmm. It's very small though. I see like a big cup. I like having like a so mainly I got the Stanley because it's so big. Mm-hmm. So then I just fill it with water and then when I like like and then before I go to bed or something, if I don't need my cup, I just like stick it back in the refrigerator and pick it back out in the morning and just like drink it. <laughs> It makes sense to me, but there is something about, I don't know what it is about reusable straws that gross me out. Like, I don't use any straws, like plastic paper or whatever. Oh. Like, I just, so, but like when, when things have like reusable straws, I was like, there is no way to get those totally well, clean. Th- there is a, well, it's, so there's like there's a like hole. A sippy so like, oh, okay. Or I love how you're trying to straw. sell me on a Stanley Cup. I'm not telling you, but like, <laughs> I'm just saying like, it's designed in a way where you could do both. Yeah. Do those things keep things hot too? Yes. Oh, that would sell me. If you put like ice cubes in it, it'll keep it for two days. And then if you put hot drinks, it keeps it hot to the point oh. where, um, like when I was thinking, I was like trying to drink like hot drinks, it wouldn't cool down at all. So I had to like open up the lid and let it cool down first and then close it back on. I, yeah, uh, I tried putting a thing of soup in my Yeti container and then I looked at the instructions of the actual container itself. And it was like, oh, don't put anything that's like really, really hot in here. And I was like, oh, well, mm. never mind. And I guess one of the reasons why these are so popular is because um, when you get like a drink from a coffee shop, uh-huh. you can put the whole cup into this. Uh-huh. And it fits perfectly. And then it keeps it insulated. I'm confused. What? You can put the what? So like, for example, like if you go to like Starbucks and get a venti drink, mm-hmm. the whole cup would fit in the Stanley Cup. Doesn't that doesn't that kind of like defeat the purpose of having a reusable cup? Well, the whole point is, I guess, keeping it insulated so your drink oh. doesn't get like cold. Oh, yeah. Okay. Or it keeps if you're drinking a cold drink, it keeps it cold. So you're putting a disposable cup inside a reusable cup. It would. It's not what I do, but like okay, <laughs> like this is like what the uh, like the moms do. What. Oh, God, that is... We've been talking about this for too long. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, like, you're, you're wondering, so I'm answering your yeah, question. Yes, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. why they're popular. Okay. And the thing is, I thought is like, is it a pun? Because the Stanley Cup is also, like, the biggest hockey, the big hockey trophy. It was like, oh, is it is it, like, a play on words with that, too? Like, do hockey moms love it? Know. Because they have a... They can say they have a Stanley Cup. I know a lot more about sports than I thought I ever did. I still don't know much about sports, though I feel like I should. Sometimes like I feel ignorant. And we're like, oh, like, I don't know, whatever, blah, 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 is playing. And I'm like, oh, it's football season? Well, I like, know, no, that's yes. a baseball I'm, team. I'm like that a lot, too. Oh, no, I'm not like that. But I, because, like, the Lions are doing, the Detroit Lions are doing extremely well right now. And mm-hmm. they're, like, kind of like America's little darling team. If, if Is it a football team? Yes, it is the, the mm-hmm. Lions. Lions are football. Detroit Tigers are baseball, and then we don't have any Bears. Those are those are in Chicago. Chicago mm-hmm. Bears, but Chicago Bears, and because we're yeah. moving to Chicago, yeah. 
And then we have the Red Wings for hockey. But yeah, the Lions are just doing really well. And everybody was like, oh, well, you know, you're like a fair weather fan. I was like, first of all, I never cared whether they won or lost. I liked the Lions all the time. I just never went to any games because I don't watch football. But I've always been a fan. And I'm like the best kind of fan. I don't care whether you win or lose. You're just my home team. Isn't fan culture like crazy how some people like actively hate it? If you like the same yeah. like same like sports Thing or like, a... group with them? Right. No, for sure. They like people just want to be gatekeeping. It's like the most childish thing. And then like once you get people into like people who are just really, really into sports. Mm-hmm. People who are really into sports and then they kind of like downplay on other other people's hobbies. It's like literally like fantasy football is just like dungeons mm-hmm. and dragons. Like it, it's it's just it's mm-hmm. just that that for in a different form. Also, like when you say you like something and I'm telling you I like it, I'm not trying to have a competition with you and like yeah, who like I like more. I could right. casually like a group or like a sports team and that's perfectly fine. You know, like you don't have to make it seem like, well, I love them more. You know, like I've been going to like all oh, their like, you know, blah blah blah. And it's like, oh yeah, yeah, you do bands, that. Oh my like, god, like bands and like that too. Like it's oh my worth god, like in K-pop. Like if I say like, oh, I love this group, and then there'll always be some like twelve-year-old stan. You know, like yeah, would be like, you're not even a true fan. You don't even have any of their albums and blah blah. blah. <laughs> like, I love them I, more. I, I'm gonna I am dox allowed to you. like a group. Without, like, making a personality and, like, a whole thing out of it, you know? Speaking of K-pop, up until now, up until recently, (laughs) I totally thought, because, like, I've only been listening to this song through TikTok, so I only hear it in clips, I thought Ariana Grande's Yes And was actually, like, a K-pop song. Because, first of all, that part of the song that you hear that people do the dances to on TikTok, it's very K-pop coded. And Ariana's mm-hmm. mumbling anyway, so I can't understand her. I She sounds like somebody who doesn't speak in English is singing in mm-hmm. English. So I was just like, oh, I wonder what K-pop song this is. This group sounds amazing. I want to get this song. I just never got around to it. And then I heard somebody like, and then I just saw it was like, oh, this is <laughs> this is Ariana Grande. <laughs> and also most of the K-pop is in English anyway for the American audience. Yeah. And there are so many K-pop groups that has like zero fans in Korea, but has like a huge like overseas following. Like it's wild. Like, and also like, like all the K-pop songs are like two minutes now. Yeah. Because they are all created to be like TikTok challenges and not like actual like song songs. This is like I, I kind know of, like, every... hate where like this is going. And where everything every... And it makes us, and, and complaining about it only makes you sound old, but like, mm-hmm. it's hard to, to like really criticize because everybody criticized our music back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember when like, you know, our boy bands and techno and like early, early techno and stuff like that was all said like, oh, this is the downfall of music, music. They said Britney Spears was trash and all of that. It was simple. As opposed to like, you know, 80s rock, as opposed to jazz, as opposed to classical, like it was all that. But it, I think the difference is like during our era of pop, that was the start of the commercialization of the heavy commercialization of music. Mm-hmm. There's still there was still like artistry there. There was still experimentation. Mm-hmm. But like now it's like everybody. Okay, so, yeah. So now like, Okay, the uncommon thing now. So before, they'll come back with like one song 
and make it like a big thing. And then maybe they'll like release like a follow up song and like a full album, right? Mm-hmm. And nowadays, like it's a common thing for a group to come back with like three or four songs mm-hmm. that are like two minutes each. But it's like yeah, pre release, a pre release of like a pre release, and then like the actual song. You know why they do that though, and you know another reason why the sh- songs are getting so short is because like it streams. So mm-hmm. if you if your song is short and people stream it, there is more opportunity for them to play that song over and over again. So that's why the songs are getting shorter because like a play and a stream is how they make their money now because the streamers don't pay you. The streamers don't pay their art artists. So this is how the artists are trying to get paid. And this is where I think the big difference is now is like even when all of those record labels when they were the ones that were like kind of calling the shots and making the music at the very least at the very least they were still a music industry mm-hmm. all of everybody who has owned now it's just like i guess financial companies that own all of these things mm-hmm. so all they care about is not even like making good music for the sake of making good music they just care about making money and like it's all down to just like hacks and attention hacks and TikToks and all of that kind of stuff. Same with like movies, same with film, like even the film studios, they're not beholden to like actual people in that industry anymore. It's all financial companies and it's all like, you know, streamers and stuff. It's not about making good art anymore or art anymore, period, whether it's good or bad. And just like that, um, you listen to that episode of Kim and John spiraling out of control and why the world is a fucked up place. We were doing so well. Oh my God. Thank you so much for tuning in. (laughs) If we had just cut this episode down, if we had just stopped this episode, this actually episode ran long and we could have just said goodbye (laughs) when we started Mm. talking about K-pop. Oh, damn it. If you have any questions, please um, ask them away in... Our Instagram, one for the table. That is number one, and then for the table. And and thank you to our listeners. We appreciate you being with us as we spiral out of control every week. We do. We do. Did I talk to you about my pizza machine? No. Pizza oven? Oh, I'll save that for next week. I started okay. using my pizza oven. It's really good. I want to hear about it. Okay. All right. Next week. Well, next week, um, we're going to hear about John's pizza. <laughs> And probably me spiraling out of control. Okay. (laughs) See you soon, everybody. Thank you. Bye.